Requirements number 13 opens on a panel of Professor Paragon in his lab. We see from behind as the crow approaches him, and the crow says, they took the breaker, but worry not, we can, we can still stop the raven. I know where she is, we can stop her before. And then he falls to the ground, knocked unconscious by an unseen figure hulking in size as evidenced by its shadow. Fool. Paragon smirks. What makes you think I want to stop her? Previously in the Reclaimers, the Raven helped save Hatchling from the helicopter, and the team secured the armored van that was being targeted, only to be interrupted by Fractal. Fractal let them know that what was inside of the van was incredibly dangerous and needed to be taken to Dr. Phantasma's castle. Meanwhile, Johnny Eagle showed up and said that it should instead be taken to the Perch. Tensely, everyone agreed to work together at the Perch to find out what the best course of action is. Fractal told the Raven that in every universe, she loses, but that she's never had this type of support before. Her calm was undone, though, when Orion revealed that her father, Jackson, was the bird-faced man she'd fought after he joined up with Professor Paragon. What will Jackie's reaction be? Find out in Reclaimers number 13, A House Divided. Boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he and they pronouns and I'm your GM. Joining me today as always are... Hello, my name is J.V. Hampton Van Sant. I am playing Jackie Cuervo Dawes, a.k.a. The Raven. You can find me on Twitter and also pretty much everywhere else on the internet at RedBlackGolden. Hello, my name is Jordan Nguyen, my pronouns are they, she, and I play Nico Tranzao, aka The Hatchling, who is a legacy using she, they pronouns. You can heckle me on Twitter at CuttlefishTweet. Hey, my name is Aram. I'm playing Orion, who is a newborn. You can find me on Twitter at Aram Vartian. I do this show called Kill for Monster and God's Fall, and uh, check him out. Hello, my name is Nika Kiskila. I use they and he pronouns, and in this podcast I'm playing... Casey Everett, a.k.a. Technojack, who uses the Protégé playbook, and she, they pronouns. And you can find me everywhere at Art. Jackie is continuing to freak out about the fact that the bird dude was her dad and may or may not have been permanently affected by... Um, by somebody the overarching like feeling that she is having is i need to find him i need to find my dad because he could be hurt bad things could be happening and whatever is going on we are going to need to turn him into not fully a bird so she's still in the act of panicking and in that happening things are floating up and around and shattering and doing all of those fun and festive breaking 
things in a telekinetic way. As a cup or something is thrown at a wall, we see it stops like an inch away from the wall. And cutting over, we see that Fractal has her hand up and like magically moves the cup back to the shelf that it came off of. And she looks at Jackie and says, Jacqueline, you, well, this is not ideal, but it's, what can we do to help? Are you, what do you need? I just, I just need to go. I need to find, I need to find my dad because if I don't find my dad, he could be dead. He could die. And that's such a huge problem. Obviously, death is just a huge problem that, especially in this case, I just. She sits on the couch next to you and puts her arm around your shoulders and says, if it helps, I have potentially some good news. This, yes. I do believe this is, I don't get to say this often, a unique timeline, one like I've not seen before. Jacqueline, in no other timeline have you had the support and the friendship that I've seen from your group in this time. And as she's speaking, we get a panel of the rest of the team. Johnny Eagle standing in the background with a look of determination on his face. For Nico, she has claws out, but mainly just defensively, as she's looking over at the Raven, or we can look at Jackie. She doesn't really see a threat. She sees somebody who just needs help right now. Orion is overly concerned about Eagle Boy, and just, like, has his rope tightly gripped between both hands, his knuckles white, and is just staring him down. Casey looks overall slightly nervous, but not really looking at Jackie in a way that, oh no, it's more like this whole situation is making them nervous, but like, they, they look pretty chill all in all. It's going to be fine. And I think Fractal says, in... All of the universes I've been to, all of the timelines, all of the realities, I haven't seen one where you win yet, but the ones where you've come closest have been the ones where you fight the snake on your own terms, and we do have the breaker if you decide that you want to pull the snake through before it comes through for you, perhaps that would be the best course of action. I guess that would make sense, but I just want to make sure everyone's ready before I do that, so that we're not just suddenly all dealing with a large snake dude and not prepared. So I guess preparing would be good. We should prepare to figure out what to do first, but at least we have it here. Orion would just like look at his phone and frown and then put it back in his pocket and go back to staring down Eagle Boy. As he looks at his phone, he does see that it starts ringing. Oh! And it's your cousin calling you. Oh, hang on. He go right into video mode. So he would turn 
with his back to his friends and click video mode. And now Adonis is now seeing everything behind him because that's just what he would do without even thinking about it. Oh, my dear cousin, I hope I haven't caught you with a bad time. We're a little busy, but hey, what's up? Yes, does that have anything to do with... And he turns the camera from where it's pointing at him, and you see him sitting on, like, a low wall, and points it at the sky where the black and purple energy is starting to crack through the sky. And he turns... And he looks at his friends. Guys, that's us, right? And he shows them the phone. That's us. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. We're handling it. But yeah, that's us. If you would like to meet me at your place of residence, I do believe. This is like a, this is like a, this is like a now thing, dude. Like now, can, like, do you have dad's number? My dad, your uncle. Do you have your uncle's number? If you meet me home, I do believe that we... Can find a way to contact Uncle Hermes. Okay, all right. Hang on. All right, listen, I'll see you there. Beep. Guys, listen, I got to go back home to meet my cousin to talk to my goddad, who's like my dad, but he's a god. And then I'm going to ask him about the snake in the sky, and then we can figure out what to do. Because, like, he'll know, right? Because he's a god. Huh. Let's right? put a pin on that. I'm sure. Yeah, I think you can do that. Gods okay. can fight. Yeah. Gods. Good. Keep us noted. I'm going to go talk to my cousin. I'll meet you guys later. Call me if you need anything. Same to you. All right. Sounds and he good. grabs his new flight suit. And he gets to the highest building he can. And he straps this thing on. And he's like taking a couple of breaths. And he looks down and he's like points himself into like the general like that's where home is like over there all right and he's just gonna jump off and see if it works yeah we get a couple of panels of orion gliding through the city landing. i can't imagine the landing is good like he's so naturally athletic that while he's flying through the air, it's all excellent, but he just comes in with way too much speed and just doesn't burn it off and just crashes hard. But he also just like smashes through a low brick wall and into a bunch of bushes. And there's just like a, a cloud of dust. And then a second later, just woohoo as he leaps up. <laughs> and on that panel, we cut back to the perch. And I want to focus on Casey as Johnny Eagle steps up behind them and taps her on the shoulder and says, you think we might, might be good to give her some space and gestures with his head out towards the balcony. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Johnny walks out onto the balcony, presumably with Casey following behind him. And he walks up to the rail, like, he leans up against the rail on his forearms, looking out over the Infinity City skyline. And it's like the sun is just starting to go below the skyline of the city. And he is just looking out over it and says, 
I guess I ought to be apologizing for everything that's happened between us. Huh? That wouldn't hurt. I just, what does being a hero mean to you, Technojack? That's the big question, isn't it? To me, it means helping people to my best abilities and trying my best to see what is right in whatever situation. Well, this is going to sound bad, but what isn't always like the by the book legal thing necessarily? It's more, more about trusting your heart and your gut. So, where do you draw the line between a hero and a villain, then? I think a villain is a person who, like, goes out on their way to endanger other people and hurt innocent people and stuff like that. It's a threat to just regular folks. You uses their power to... Do bad stuff, basically. But see, I don't. I was basically born with tights and a cape on, and from the minute I can remember, I've always been told that. Being a hero is about being a good example, because let's be honest, we're never going to stop every villain in this city. For every Obliterex, there's a Capolini member, or three, or seven. It's never going to, never going to end. And the Silver Eagle told me that being a hero is about setting a good example, being that beacon of light and a shining star for others to follow so that the common citizen feels like they can stand up and fight back. And to me, that's what makes the difference between a hero and a villain. They just the same as you think they're doing things for the right reason. So what separates us from them if it's not law and order? Yeah, it's never an easy question. Like, if you really are trying to be that shining beacon of hope and be a good example, by design you should also be doing the good things, right? So to... To me, it's more like about, it's more like about other people, like how other people are affected by what you are doing. In a way, kind of, how do I explain it? It's kind of, if you are, if you think you are doing the right thing, that usually means you are doing the right thing. But if you are more, more concerned about how it looks to the outside, then how it really looks to outside people. Uh, as you can see, I'm not good at talking about this stuff. <laughs> but 
I think it just chuckles a little bit and says, yeah, it's a lot more complicated than I was led to believe. That's how it is with most things in life, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm jealous of you, Jack. Uh, how come? He turns so that his back is towards the city now and uses the railing to rest his elbows back on, laying his head back so the sun's coming down in his face and says, like I said, from the minute I was born, people knew me as Johnny Eagle. I've never had a chance to be John Elliot or even figure out who he is, really. And you, nobody really expects all that much from you and it's I wish I had that freedom to choose who I wanted to be oh yeah I guess nobody really expects a lot from me that's true but I didn't mean that in a bad way it's just like yeah, you can You've got that freedom to choose what you want to be. And no matter what, as long as I'm alive, I can't just be, like, I can't be a kid. I'm a hero. But the situation should be like that you should, could choose. No matter who you are, you should still be able to choose. Like... I, I know you were born into this stuff and it's your legacy and whatever, but you should still be able to choose. I don't want to sound mean because I don't know about your home situation, but if you are not allowed to choose, that's not right. It's not just Uncle Sam or my parents, it's... And he gestures with his hand out towards all of Infinity City and says, everyone in the city expects an evil to, pardon the pun, swoop in and save the day. And hell, you heard Jackie in there when I mentioned not using her powers. That's just, it's not something that's acceptable. What am yeah. I going to do? Watch... Professor Paragon ransom the moon again and not fight him, not stop him. Yeah, I get what you mean, but yeah, that's one of those things that it's not as simple as it should be, right? Because you should be able to just wind down and be yourself, no matter who you are, eagle or not. So, what about you? What makes you decide to be a hero? Honestly, originally it was like, it's probably similar to a lot of people. It's like, when you have superpowers, why wouldn't you use them? Or I have tried that thing where I have superpowers and just try to hide them and whatever, be a normal kid. And it doesn't really work out all that long. When you, you know, keep causing power outages around the neighborhood and whatever. But honestly, it's... 
I guess it's about my personality as well. I'm too damn stubborn to not help people when I have the capability to do that. Have you ever thought about if you did what you wanted to do, would you still be doing the hero stuff? Because I have been given that option, like, to stop doing hero stuff. Nobody's told me that, but, like, I was given the opportunity to start doing it. And I was like, hell yeah, finally I can make a difference. I can actually help people and not just, in my mind, try to help people. So, I guess it's if I wasn't doing this, I'd still try to do something that could help people. Yeah, that makes sense. I just... I don't know. It's... I guess I just wanted to explain my side of things, what I've done, what I've done. I know it doesn't excuse that we got off on the wrong foot. Hell, I know... Orion and the rest of your team, they're probably not going to trust me or care. That's why I always thought you were the most level-headed of your group. So I thought if anybody would understand it, it would be you, honestly. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Things are a bit tough between us, but it can always change. Like hero and villain those are just labels and even if honestly in a lot of situations we have seen you as a villain up to now that can always change it's going to take a lot of time and work to build up that trust again but i believe you have that in you he looks really hurt when you say that you can you've considered him a villain yeah, I think Casey sees that he looks hurt and Casey bites their lip and is I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. No, I, I get it. I just... Everything I've done has been to try to set a good example. And if I'm not doing that, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. Ultimately, only you can decide who you want to be. But in my opinion, the fact that you are even thinking about it, that that means you actually want to do better. Like, that's the first step to being a better hero and a better pe- person. His shoulders relax a little bit and he just says... Yeah, guess you got a point. Thanks, Jack. No problem, Johnny. And I mean, if you ever, like, once we're done with this whole snake thing, if you want to hang out with us, like, normal kid style, we have, we have Doom at our place. I think... The last panel of this scene is just Johnny and Casey leaning over this balcony, overlooking Infinity City as the sun sets, and we see a smile on Johnny Eagle's face. 
Nico, where are you in relation to the Raven and Fractal as Fractal is attempting to comfort Jackie? It's a little bit awkward, but she's going to actually just stay in the room and watch over because she doesn't completely trust Fractal. And also, Valid. there's the chance that things might explode, and if things explode, she'll be there to help make the explosion less explodey. As she is standing by waiting on something to explode, she does notice that she gets a text message. Presuming she checks it, she would see it is from Nighthawk. It just says Robin right now, and then there is a notes page where it says Robin slash Nighthawk later, just because she's very wary about people going through her contacts. She gets a text from Robin that says, gonna need some help. And immediately after that, a video starts downloading. There is a visible grimace as she has just gone through so much and she's not ready for more. But she puts on some earbuds so that the raven won't have to hear or worry about this. And then takes a peek at the video. In the video, Nico sees who she would recognize as Spider-Bite. Spider-Bite, for those that don't remember, is the person to whom Casey sold the architect guard robot plans in order to get the money to pay off their dad's debt. In this video, Spider-Bite is tied to a chair in a very dark room <laughs> with a light shining on him, and he is surrounded by Capolini members. And the video is shot from like a low, concealed angle, and very quickly it cuts off. So she's going to send a text that just says, Sigh, dot, where to? <laughs> the response is a location pin through whatever our equivalent of Google Maps is. She takes a mental note of what is the actual, like, diagonal path, avoiding all roads or just going straight through the roads, as she's just trying to look at the nearest distance or points of interest in her head. And then she'll just shout over to the ravens, like, Hey, there's been a mini thing. I'll be right back. If I need any help, I'll hit you up. But are you cool right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Are you sure you don't? need me to come with you? You can go teleport over if I need any help. Otherwise, if you blow up this tower, don't worry about it. And then she jumps out the window and transforms. We would see the raven just slumping a little bit, just putting a hand to her forehead and being like, yeah, sure. And just shrugging and maybe folding her arms and just retreating into herself a little bit. Fractal, in her attempt to help, says, Don't worry, Jacqueline, if you don't blow this building up, this lake's gonna decimate it anyway, so it's really doomed in the end. Oh, God. At the community center where Orion lives. You see Adonis sitting on the low wall in the front of it, because I imagine there's, like, steps leading up to it with a, like, a sloping, not front yard, but, like, front grassy area. Yeah. And Adonis is sitting on the wall, 
at the front of that and says, Cousin, this is a new look for you. And he just, he looks down and he's got the wings. So I was like, yeah, it helps me fly. It doesn't help me fly. Like it's the only reason I could fly. Otherwise I would just fall. I'm underestimating that the suit allows me to fly. Yes, it is quite the impressive piece of technology that these humans have been able to cobble together. Like, like if we're like half gods, why can't we just fly? Well, not all gods are created equal. Yeah, but dad's got like little wings on his feet. That's true. That's a real thing. They're more for show. Your father is a bit of an, I believe people around here say aesthetic whore. Can he fly though? He can fly, right? In a manner of speaking, his speed allows him temporary flight. That like planes temporarily fly, like. Everything temporarily flies, but still flight. That's amazing. I want he that. runs his hand through his hair, and like you see a heavy, or at least the readers would see a heavy sigh leave his body. I don't know if Orion would notice it or not. Look, we got to focus, okay? There's a crack in the sky, and apparently a snake. I'm not clear on this, but I think it lives in the sky. And it's going to eat the earth. That's what I got from this. But we can stop it, maybe, if we talk to Dad. Because Dad might know about the Sky Snake. This sounds like a promising course of action. I hate to say I'm surprised by you, dear cousin, but yes. Yeah, surprised too. It was a really good idea. The cracks in the sky are emblematic of what some would call a bigger problem, but does indeed get us closer to coming in contact with our relatives. That symbolizes the breaking of the barriers between dimensions. If we can break that barrier, then our relatives are free to come and commune with us. That's uh, actually what I meant to speak with you about. I'm not sure, Moo. See, we're not, I don't think we're coming at this from the same angle, cousin. Like, I think the cracks are bad. Like, I don't think they're good. The sky has to be non-cracked in order for it to function as a sky. And the sky is really important. So I want to talk to Dad, too, but we can't have cracks in the sky. You know that, right? You wish to speak to our relatives. They live on another plane of existence, Ryan. There's no way to... Why can't we just call them? This is ridiculous. We can't crack the sky to send a text. No, listen, we got to stop this. You got to help me stop this. So you wish to doom our people on their uninhabitable island and allow them to die? Why is it uninhabitable? Been fine for a long time. Look, we'll figure it out. But listen, just... And he leans forward and he grabs his hands. Okay? Listen. Just come with me and talk to my friends and tell them what you know. Okay? Come on. Adonis looks at you, Orion, and nods and says, Yes, I think that's a good idea. Where... Can we meet them? Yeah, and I just tell them exactly where we just were. 
he hops off of the wall and says, Let's go, cousin. As Hatchling arrives at a warehouse on the docks, she's going to dive into about a quarter mile away and then send a text to Robin and just asking, Wait, so are you going there too? Or anybody else? You get a text back that just says, Already here. Just to check, like, in front of the building, behind it. A single word comes through and it's just inside. Oh, hey then. Should I call? You get no response. Okay. Yeah, this is not good. No, they're, everybody's dealing with their own thing right now. Okay. And then she's going to consider calling the Raven for help. But knowing that the Raven's going through some stuff right now, she's going to put the phone away, but keep that in mind. And she's going to step towards the warehouse and just look around if there's any clear entrance or it looks like there's any evidence of things happening here. Seeing as there don't seem to be immediately signs of conflict, she's just going to take a walk around the warehouse just to see if it, there's any evidence of Robin or any other kerfuffle that might have happened earlier. And if not, she's just going to take a quick peek into whatever seems to be an opening. You do find behind the warehouse Robin's motorcycle. And as you look inside of the sort of back entrance to this place, there are a lot of guards that don't seem to have noticed you yet. And notably, in the middle of this warehouse is not one, but two chairs with figures tied up to them. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I think she's going to go climb up on top of the warehouse, and I think she's going to turn as big as possible to crush the ceiling. As time has passed and she's grown, it could be about... 30-ish feet, maybe a little more like 32 feet by now, of a proper eastern dragon, but a lot of parts seem relatively plain or rugged, undecorated, as you'd almost imagine. Oh, Godzilla, but long. There's no, like, decoration of the scales as you'd find within, like, the mythology. This building's roof collapses, and as you fall through with it and hit the ground... In a fairly defensible or offensive position, kind of your call. But as you hit the ground, you find that one of the chairs is near you. But as the smoke and debris settle and clear, you see Don Capolini has fled away from where the roof caved in. Has Nighthawk by her shoulder and has a pistol pressed to the side of her head. He says, you take one more step closer, little bird girl gets a bullet put in her. She'll de-transform, but have claws out, as this is like a familiar thing that they've had one-on-one -on -one before. Okay, okay, let's chill, let's chill, okay? Yeah, that's what I thought. Now, your little friend here, has been poking a nose around in our business as we attempt to extract some payment from the little bastard over there 
that stole our property. And he like gestures with his chin towards Spiderbite, who is like struggling against their restraints and looks up at you and says, yeah, can you uh, help me out here? We can take him down together. Yeah, on it. And then she's going to take the steps closer and see if she can just take a claw to just break him out. Yeah, it is very simple to like cut through the sitter binding them. And they look over to you and just say, so what's the plan here? Are we going after him or? Nap the gun. Before they get a chance to react to that, Don Capolini looks at you and says, we ain't gotta go through all that. Just bring back to us what we've lost. And you can walk out of here with the spider and the bird. Yeah, so for the stuff you lost, you're going to have to be a lot more specific. I know you and your crew were on the docks that night when our shipment got stolen. That shipment's going to Professor Paragon. He paid a lot of money for it, and he ain't happy that it hasn't been delivered yet. You bring me back the chemicals, the girl and the spider walk. Yeah, I can get you that. Seriously, you're just going to give it over like that? I'm not going to let you two get shot, and he's very willing to shoot both of you. Yeah, I can take down some Capolini guns. It's not a problem. Can you take... Are you 100% sure that we can get through this? As she's just whispering over. Are you going to be able to rescue her in five seconds if I cover you? I got this. Okay, I'm relying on you. And then she'll like look over at Don Capoli. Okay, you got it. I'll walk. You want, yeah, was it, sorry, was it the, it was the vials of the goop? He looks at you and says, yeah, the chemicals we were supposed to get to Paragon. Okay, on it. And she's going to start walking towards the exit of the warehouse and then erupt in flames as she's going to have the full length of her body surround Don Capolini, Robin, and Spiderbite, hoping that any of the goons would just have to run into her or shoot her first. As Hatchling explodes into her full length around this trio, Spiderbite extends their hand and this, like, binary coding shoots out from their hand in the form of a spider web, grabs the gun, and pulls it into their own hand. And when I say binary coding, I mean, it literally is like the ones and zeros from the Matrix, but making up a sort of, like, web-like structure. And as the gun is pulled out of Don Capolini's hand, Robin just rears her foot back and kicks him in the balls. Don Capolini falls to the ground. Uh, Capolini goons that are, like, shooting at Hatchling with their guns. I don't think it's necessarily, like, hurting, but it definitely is, like, it's not feeling great. Oh, yeah, it definitely hurts, but... Her scales are not necessarily bulletproof, but can resist a good amount of damage. 
Robin and Spider Bite, they've got Don Capolini pretty well in control. But getting out of here is going to be difficult just by sheer number of guards in this place. Okay, I think she's going to dive for Don Capolini, hoping that she can use him as, like, coverage. The front part of her body rises up, and she shrinks back to her normal size and just dives straight at him with claws. Yeah, Robin has, like, back to kick him in the groin and then, like, knead him in the face as he sank to his knees. So he's pretty easily grabbed by Nico. Robin looks at Nico and says, Thanks for showing up. Uh, go from here. Out of the building would be a good start. Yeah, there's kind of guys with guns between us and there. And I mean, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm not exactly bulletproof like you. I think she's just going to try to hold up Don Capellini and then just shout over to the rest of the guards. Hey, big boss man's here. Please don't shoot. You see one of them move with his hand towards the ground and the rest of them start to lower their guns. The one that seems to be the sort of second in command still has his gun pointed at the three of you and says, drop him and we'll let you walk. I'm not afraid of you. Everybody else already put their guns down. There's three of us and we got your boss here. Can't you just let us walk without any, like... Of this other stuff. If you leave this premises with that man, we're calling in a kidnapping case. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Come on. And she's going to look over at the others and making sure they can be, like, set free and safe. Yeah, the guy, like, half lowers his gun. Like, he's willing to let the three of you go if you just leave the boss. Yeah, she'll give him a little bit of a shove, but it's... Obviously not lethal or harmful in any way. And she's like, okay, let's go, guys. As the three of you walk out, I think we see Don Capolini hit the ground and he, like, rolls through. So he's sort of, like, on his knees. He mm -hmm. wipes his broken nose on the back of his suit jacket. And says, fucking bitch. Back at the perch with the raven. I think what she's been trying to do is been trying to over plans for how to stage a fight in such a way that she knows that she can win with this otherworldly stake being. And I think the way that has looked has been strategy questions. As Jackie and Fractal are sitting there discussing things, Fractal says, so... There's only so much planning that can really help here, Jacqueline. Uh, I've never seen a scenario where you, in this triumphantly, nevertheless quickly, but if somehow you, if we drew him to another universe, or... Perhaps a pocket dimension of some sort. You could fight him on your own terms, but that's that would require an immense amount of power, and you may be doing that on your own. Good point. 
that is when the elevator dings and Brian and Adonis have arrived. Hey, guys. Oh. Hey, buddy. Hey, some of you, have you all met my cousin? I I do believe you're the one that did a fucky thing. I, you know what? We're going to let that go. Let that go for now. Because I don't have the ability to process all of that. But you know what? I guess hello is, I guess, where we're going to go. We're just going to start with hi. Excellent. So, listen, my dad and some other people are on the other side of that thing, too. So... I think he can help us close it. When my dad is him, he's, and he doesn't fly, but he does have the little wings on his feet. And lets him run really fast. Yeah, it's not Hades. I told you it's not Hades. I, I never suspected it would be. Uh-huh. Okay, so closing this little rift would... It's not little, it's pretty big. Oh, well, yeah. It seems to be getting bigger. Like, I got a good look at it while I was out there. Like, it's not small, and it's getting bigger. Also, like, I'm pretty sure we can handle this. I got faith in us, but, like, where's Johnny? Where is he? He's on the balcony. Okay, hang on. And I'm going to run up to the balcony. Slam the door open. Hey, Johnny. Yes, Orion? When does this... Start becoming the problem of the A-Leaguers. Like, we can handle it. We can, we, can, we can do this, but, like, when does the cavalry come in for the hole in the sky? Silver Eagle and the rest of the legends are investigating it as we speak. Cool. What does that mean? What do you mean investigate? Okay, look, whatever. Are you going to help us? This thing then? that heroes do where they evaluate a situation before charging headlong into it. Okay. So Ryan like walks across the roof, right? And he kneels down and he looks him right in the eye and then he points to the crack in the sky. And he's, let me investigate. Oh, look, there's a giant fucking crack in the sky. And maybe we should do something about it. And what would you suggest in all of your infinite wisdom, Orion? I got a lot of ideas. The first one is we fly up there and sew it shut with my lasso. I'm going to hold that one in the back, but I'm pretty sure we could get one of the smaller ones with that. The other options are we fly up there and... Throw a couple things into it. See what happens. Maybe they go through. Maybe they don't. Maybe it damages it. If that doesn't work, I think we find someone who can cast spells. And he winks at him. Raven, how are you reacting as Adonis is on top of you and grabs you by the throat? Oh, shit. This is sudden. So she's going to have her hands glow and her feet glow and her eyes glow not everything is glowing but just these areas as they are going to be pertinent to anything that happens next so jackie's going to put her hands up against his chest and just expend a lot of energy just directly 
into and against him, just to throw him back as far as possible. As Jackie is umbing this black and purple energy into attempting to expel Adonis from her, she watches as his eyes turn purple, his hands still wrapped around her throat. And he says, use your magic and open that portal. And she feels his hand tighten on her throat as he is becoming stronger, absorbing <sighs> her energy. They may descend from their perfect heaven in their perfect choirs. They may rend us and tear us and dissolve our world into nothing with their holy harmony. But we will show them the music of war. We will be the ones to damn the angels. Roar to Heaven is a limited-run actual play series about Marcosia's team, a crew of young hymnal pilots struggling to find a future in a world besieged by the angels. Join Lin Flannery, Balthazar, and their commanding officer Mia as they wrestle with adolescence cut short by the apocalypse. Run by an award-winning crew and staffed by paid performers, Roar to Heaven is an experience unlike anything you've ever heard. We debut June 2022. Join us on the front lines.